to Let's Get To, the baseball podcast from the fans' perspective. Now here's your host, James Christopher. And welcome to Let's Get To. I am your host, James Christopher. And as I sit here, I don't know what the rest of the show is going to be about. I know that I got some hate mail from the Yankees. From Yankee, from the Yankees. Oh, if the Yankees, that would be awesome. But I'm going to deal with that at the closing. But I don't know uh, if we have baseball yet. Like last night, there was supposedly a deal. And then there wasn't. But I do want to do a shout out to uh, who I'm wearing today. This is the Tri-City Dust Devils. Um, Our good friend Eric, the peanut guy, who I think has got to be the nicest guy in minor league baseball, was on the show a few months ago before all the Rona stuff happened. But they were supposed to have their opening day, I think, this week. So I wanted to represent the Dust Devils and support them and let them know that we at Let's Get To support you guys and and we're with you and we hope we get baseball back very soon. Hope we stick with us. We're going to do another group therapy session, the Let's Get To Go Go Astro segments and the Big League Choose segments with Andy and Scott are going to be together. And our buddy Stevie from the UK wants to talk a little bit about the Astros being a scapegoat. Go Go Astros, a focus on H-Town hardball. And now the Big League Choose. And I on the majors. We're back with our big league two segment and our go go Astros segment. And the funny thing is, you, you, I wish the the fans knew how hard we tried to be timely with this show. We were supposed to record this at four thirty yesterday. We were all going to wear Andy and I wore black or dark to mourn Jesus the darkest timeline. And and Scott wants Jesus to deliver us. Jesus because saves. He would be a closer he because be a Jesus closer. saves. Um. It, we're close to a deal. Uh, Andy, real quick, catch us up on where we are and how this is the most 2020 thing ever. Oh, well, yesterday, probably mid-afternoon, um, reports start coming out, and I think Heyman had it first, but it doesn't really matter. Um, the owners made a proposal after Tony Clark and Rob Manfred had a long dinner and looked into each other's eyes longingly and shared a bottle of wine or two and came up with a framework of a season that would be workable. And um, that included uh, 60 games, uh, expanded playoffs to 16 teams, a DH for both the 20 and 21 season, and a few other things along the way. This is the biggest concession the owners have made, by the way, uh, moving off the 50-game number and giving a full per-game pay um, beyond that. And so in the most Major League Baseball thing ever, Rob Manfred immediately starts leaking to everybody, we've got a deal, we've got a deal, we've got a deal, to which Tony Clark said, I don't know what you're talking about. That wine meant nothing to me. I'm a beer guy. You want to wine and dine me? How about a steak? How about a nice bottle of scotch? 
and said, nope, no deal. So we're sitting here today at 1030 in the morning on Thursday, um, rapidly F5ing on Twitter, trying to refresh the screen, hoping that somebody's going to come to their senses. I think what the sticking point is now, the, the players liked everything but the number of games. So there is a movement um, to try to get it to 65 or 66 games in a 70-day period versus 60 games. And that is the sticking point about if you're going to play these extra six, five or six games, how are they being, how are the players being compensated for that? And of course the owners are walking around with their acting like jilted lovers at this point. The funny thing about the 66 number, um, Scott, you're a big movie guy. That is the number of times the dude got hit by lightning in the movie great outdoors. I don't think that should be the number 66 times. Uh, Scott, uh, I thought we were done negotiating. I thought everybody was this is non-starter and we're not even going to – what? Just when you think you're done, they pull you back in. More more negotiations need to happen. Now, um, Andy's exactly right. Rob Manfred, um, in his infinite wisdom, said, oh, yeah, we got a deal. And Tony Clark decided, no, no, not yet. We haven't agreed to anything. A framework is not a proposal, and a proposal is not a deal. So there's a there's a sticking point here for the number of games because the number of games of the prorated salary. And let's think who's going to benefit the most from that. Right. The players that are going to benefit the most from that are the players that make the most money because you're you're getting more money. A, a rookie, um, I, I've seen under the prorated agreement could make if you get the union's number of games, uh, they make about three hundred and fifty thousand or so. If you if um, the, the owner's number of games, they get like 220000 something like that. But for a guy like Mike Trout, who's pulling in some serious bank, that's a big deal. Now, who does it hurt the most? It hurts the teams with the highest payrolls. So you got teams like the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Astros. These are the guys that they don't want to pay uh, the most of, amount of, of the prorated – or they don't want to play. If we're going to have to pay you what we agreed to in March uh, for the 100% of the prorated salary – then let's have fewer games because I'm not going to get that revenue from the from the fan at the ballpark anyway. So the rich stay a little bit richer. It's not going to hurt the Pirates and the Royals nearly the amount that it, that it's going to hurt the larger teams. And we can never hurt so, the Yankees. Well, we don't want to hurt the Yankees. I mean, you know, the Yankees, it, it's just wrong. It's wrong to hurt big market teams that have a lot of money. We, we want to take care of the big ones, right? Well, but so, and, apparently you've got six owners out there also. They're – ready just to say no baseball whatsoever do we know the so six owners still, do we know andy do we don't know, know the are? six owners i don't i mean i would assume to scott's point that it, you could probably name them it's probably oakland and kansas city and baltimore and um your lower payroll teams uh, although giving a full year of service time which is part of the deal uh, 178 games or 178 days worth of service time to anybody who plays this year hurts the smaller market teams because they're losing one year of um, that, a control over the players that they have. And since they're players that have to have players under control at lower salaries, um, it's interesting that they're you know going to accelerate that without getting much bang out of that buck. But I think everybody's in that same situation to some extent. Um, you want to get really depressed? You want to talk darkest timeline? This is just a precursor of the next two years. I think part of the reason that everybody that Tony Clark refuses to acknowledge there could be a deal yet 
um, is because they're setting a precedent. Um, they're setting the tone for the CBA negotiations that happen after the 2021 season. 2021 is going to look horrible. Um, it, it, I read the um, Stark article this morning um, on The Athletic, which uh, if you just really want to get in a super bad mood, go ahead and read that. But it's uh, talking about there is a cabal of owners that want to overthrow Manfred, which is the only positive thing I read in the article. There's a cabal of owners that want to cancel the season and maybe just burn down Major League Baseball and start over with 30 franchise shares and redo it the way the owners want it. Um, there are uh, eight teams or at least one small market owner who is claiming that uh, eight to 12 teams could be filing bankruptcy after the 2021 season. Um, and that Major League Baseball itself may just file for bankruptcy, which means you're going to have voided player contracts, which means you're going to have um, possibly up to 300 players being non-tendered um, this offseason. And to further that point, Andy, I would say Major League Baseball's the owners are definitely setting it up like that. You got Bill with a wet here uh, with St. Louis. Okay, so I'm I'm about to to rip on my own team, rip on the Cardinals here. You got Bill DeWitt saying, "Man, uh, this." This Major League Baseball thing really doesn't make a lot of money. I, I don't understand, you know, why people think we're getting so rich because this has not been a money-making venture for us. Meanwhile, um, not only did he purchase it at $150 million, and now the franchise is worth $2.05 billion. So that's a return on investment of a whole lot of money. A lot. Whatever those numbers hey, turn out. Uh, guys, to. it was my impression to be no math on this podcast. Yeah, that's why I just said a whole lot. That's the oh, it's answer. A whole, it's a whole a bunch whole of nickels is what it's that a whole is. Lot. Nobody's taking oh. their shoes off, so we're not counting past him. <laughs> it's true, but I mean, seriously, you're, you're looking at something that is now uh, uh, essentially 12 times worth what yeah. you bought it for. That's crazy. And and you want to tell me that, oh, poor us, we really we're, – we're going to barely – we're not even going to break even this year. We're really going to take a hit. We don't know how we're going to afford all this. You just bought an $8.3 million home in Southern California. I have a – I can't have a lot of sympathy for someone that just bought an $8.3 million home who then tells me, man, money is so tight. Well, uh, come on. I mean, it, it, this, this, shows how, this shows how out of touch the owners are with the average fan, in my opinion. And I'm getting kind of freaking sick of it. I they agree. to something Andy, in March, play freaking baseball. I agree, There's a couple, of, a couple of things there, too. The owners are never going to file bankruptcy, and I'll tell you why. The second they do, they have to open their books. That becomes public record because bankruptcy is a public – activity in the court system in our country. So if they fire chapter 11 or chapter 13, depending on what road they want to take, um, all of their books become public. And you could argue because it's a league issue, all of the books would become public. So I don't think that's ever going to happen. The other piece to me that tells me owners don't necessarily lose money the way they want us to believe uh, is that if Rob Manfred came out today and said, we're going to expand by two teams, you would have no fewer than 20 people lining up to own those two teams. And generally, billionaires don't just own things to lose money. So um, you get to be a bil billionaire by making smart business decisions outside of maybe Mark Cuban, who just lucked into the internet. <laughs> and Shark um, Tank. But, but you guys, I think the most frustrating thing of all of it was, you know, my, my, my beloved wife, who um, is – 
my yeah my favorite person on this planet so we actually had a night out last night we went to our new favorite steak place i had um i was sending andy photos i mean just just a monstrous piece of meat and smoothie thanks yeah he had a smoothie so we're we're, but she asked me she's like well if the owners agree to this why don't they just go with this suggestion which seems to meet some of the main player points why wasn't this just why play the game of we're done so why play the game that we're done, Andy? Um, because I think the owners, at least at least somebody in the front office of Major League Baseball understands that it's a horrible look. It's a horrible look during a pandemic when you could play to not play. It's a horrible look for two groups of people, no matter what side you take on this, and I don't know too many people that are on the owner's side right now, um, to be arguing over money when we have 14% un- unemployment, um, when they could be playing a game, when every other league is trying to figure out how to play and Major League Baseball sitting there looking at how not to play. Um, that That's the biggest problem because you're not just talking about this year, and I know we talk about them being really short-sighted um, a lot, but you're talking about this for years on end because if baseball screws this up, which there's still – there's hope right now, but there's still a giant chance they're going to – I'm not going to use the word I want to use. They're going to screw it up. Uh, I think and if that happens – yeah, that's the word. Um, if that happens, you're not just going to cost the 20 season. You're not just going to damage the 21 season that has a lot of uncertainty around it between – not knowing what's going to happen with the pandemic, not knowing what's going to happen with labor, not knowing what's going to happen with everything else. But you're talking about affecting those for 22, 23, 24, 25, and maybe a decade past this point. Um, And and no matter how stubborn the owners have been through this process, I think there are some of them that at least understand (laughs) that it's a horrible look and we don't want to be the people that get blamed for this. Scott, um, one of the things that Andy and I in our segments before have made the case that part of the problem with Major League Baseball is systemic and inherent in the setup that it is not one league, that it is 30 teams divided by strata. Um, And Andy and I wisely, wisely, I think, got out of a Twitter argument today that we were both, I think, discretion was the better part of valor this morning. Yeah, I went to bed. Yeah. So – but is that the problem? I mean, like, how can there be a united front if there is no united front on the owner's part? Like, you're, you said it yourself, eight people don't want to play. Some do, some don't. Some have a different idea. How is this supposed to be handled, I guess? Or how are we supposed to see uh, a positive result? So from an owner's point of view, if we only look at the owners to start with, uh, they're, they're playing on completely separate ballparks, right? As, as we talked about, you got the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Dodgers. Um, the Cardinals and the Astros as well, you've got the bars very, very high for the salaries there, whereas the Pirates and Oakland and Kansas City and the smaller market teams, they have a bar very, very low. Now, there's some revenue sharing, but it's not it's not good enough, right? Um, the, the salary cap that the players do not want. Well, the small market teams absolutely want that because then that brings them back into playing and gets them parity. And I hate to say it, but every other league has gone to some form of a salary cap. And if Major League Baseball wants to see itself last long-term, they're going to have to do this. You know, we look at why did negotiations restart? Because it was a little over a week ago. They said, well, yeah, okay, well, 
Yeah, fine. Take it or leave it. This is our last offer. We're not doing this anymore. And Manfred, who said we are going to have baseball, then came out and said, no, you know what? We may not play. <laughs> and a combination of things happened at that point. When Manfred said we may not play, people went, wait, wait a minute. You, you just said we, we were, and now you're saying we're not. That was a concern. And then, very timely, ESPN's 30 for 30 documentary came out about Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. And what that did was remind people that Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire, in conjunction with Cal Ripken's streak, saved baseball in the 90s. These were huge. They started, I mean, in that doc, they're reminding us, they're showing people there was no one in stands when they came out of the strike. You're looking at games where it, it looked like a, a, a good day at Tampa Bay, right? Um, but you, know, <laughs> you, you have like 100, 200 people in the stands watching right. these games. Think about that. That's insane because people say, you know, we got better things to do. You rich people want to fight over a nickel and a dime? Fine. Go ahead. You guys, you guys have it. While we go out here and we struggle. Major League Baseball is facing the same thing, and I think some owners – kind of looked at this and said, oh, you know, that was really, really difficult to get out of. And I got news for you. They're not taking steroids now. Nobody is approaching Cal Ripken's streak. There's nobody set up, in, as, as far as a player goes, to save baseball like you had at the time. Um, and you have, I would times. argue, a much more toxic fan base due to the way they behave on social media. Um you know, as, so as we wrap up, uh, you know, Scott had mentioned and Andy, you mentioned that there was this idea by some of tearing it down and then building it back up. Can baseball survive that? Not in its current format. No, I mean, I, I, I don't think so. Not without radical changes. Which, which, you know, I guess that would a radical change. That's kind of dumb of me to say that because breaking it down completely would be. Um, a radical change. It, it may sometimes you have to burn down the entire house and set the entire field on fire before you replant your crops um, and and have a new place to live. So that may be what's necessary. I don't I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think the logistics of that are are um, insane, and and there's no guarantee that you're going to build it back up if you tear it all back down because people Andy. may not come back. Would that be for the long-term benefit of the game, though, if they did tear it down and rebuild it in a model more like the NFL or the NBA or the NHL? I mean, potentially. I just don't see with the power that the the power that the players' union has, and the ability for them to stay as one right now, and they've been very good about giving a letting Tony Clark be the face of their organization and not having dissent in public view, except for Blake, uh, Blake Snell. Well, except for Blake Snell, but Blake Snell's his own own planet in his own orbit. Um, and he doesn't know what either of those words mean because he didn't finish high school. Um, it, it's – I could see the – I mean, and just purely taking the emotion out of it. The benefit would be that you could tear everything down. You have 30 franchises. You have common negotiating on a TV contract, which is where the money would have to come from initially because fans are going to be really tepid about coming back and losing their history. Um, you'd have to start all the franchises over fresh. I don't know why the Yankees or Dodgers would ever buy into that or the Cardinals for that matter, but let's say they did. Um, you could fix some of the problems. You could get to 32 teams easily. You could put them in markets that could actually sustain baseball teams. Um, you could have a salary cap and a salary floor if you wanted to. You could fix a lot of systemic issues. The problem is the 30 people who own baseball teams right now have no – there's no reason for them to do that because 
they like the system as it is. They can cry poor all they want. They can talk about how they're losing operational profits, which is the term they use, and it's a very specific term. doesn't mean profits. It means operational profits, um, <laughs> and nobody believes it. But it doesn't matter because they own the game because there's antitrust uh, that they're exempt from. And I, I don't th- I don't see things getting better without a lot of death among the ownership group. One of the one of the I mean I say one of the downsides of the pandemic because there's no upside to the pandemic. But I do think that there was going to be a push in Congress to remove some of the antitrust exemption as a way to fight against minor league baseball contraction. But here's my last question. Um, Scott's got to get on the road because we've got another let's get to appointment this evening. Um, right now, the trivia answer is Garrett Cole is the last pitcher to take an official at-bat in a Major League Baseball game. Yep. Is that going to stay that way? Game five of the World Series. Um, the DH is not going to go away. I assume that they're going to work out in the next couple of days this five-game gap, and great, we're going to have baseball, and we'll see who still cares. Um, The DH is being put in place for 20 and 21. It will never, ever go away. And if that's the case, other than the odd reliever having to bat a a 19-inning type of game type thing. Like a pinch hitting situation. He's the last starting pitcher that you're going to see take at bats as a starter. Scott? Unless you have these two-way, unless you have the two-way players like the Shoji Otani, uh, Mason Wynn, who the Cardinals just drafted, uh, drafted him as a two-way player, um, you may see more of that come about. I mean, look, there there were some pitchers that were really good hitters in college and high school, really, and in the minors too, but they never I agree, practiced. Four hundred and thirteen foot home run, but I don't want to see him bat. <laughs> Well, well, true, but some of them actually have a have a decent swing, you know. Um, the, I, I think about the the Braves pitching staff back in the in the '90s. They had bets on the side about their um, about their batting average. Yeah, but so would you I, not I, rather I think, have a, a DH with power? I mean, like that's all well and good. It's like saying sure, but I think you're going to see you're going to see some guys some guys that are two way players uh, in that spot that will still bat. But it is going to be the one, the point two percent of of the group. Otherwise, Otani's got to stay healthy for me to care. By the way, like well, well, true, very. I think that's the other part of the the two way player is a novel concept, and I know they're writing rules specifically for that individual with the three pitch or three batter minimum and other rule changes they were trying to put in place. Um, But Otani's yet to be a true two way player. He pitched for a little bit, but then he hurt his elbows. So now he hits a little bit, but he never stays healthy. Um, there are other players who have tried to be two-way players. Being a pitcher in the major leagues is so difficult that if you're not concentrating full-time on it, I don't know how good you can be at it. And if that's the case, why not have somebody who can concentrate on it full-time who's never going to bat anyway? Well, I'm going to leave you guys with this, then, as we wrap up. Um, First of all, Andy, a little bit of harmony between 610 and 790 on Twitter. Seth Payne, who is a host on 610, Scott, just has the following tweet. Manfred is like the guy in high school who makes out with a girl at a party and assumes it means she's his girlfriend. All right, you guys, thanks for jumping on. We will be back next week, hopefully talking. And you know what? We talked baseball today. We talked the DH, and it got heated. I thought y'all were going to fist fight in Jesus Saves. Oppo Taco, a fan's view of the show. 
All right, so we are excited to welcome to Let's Get To to our Oppo Taco segment. This Oppo Taco is coming from across from the Oppo Coast, uh, coming from, <laughs> from, from the UK, our favorite Astros fan over there. Stevie, how's it going, man? It's good, man. I love that intro. Can hey, I go now? I, the intro is gone. <laughs> you're done. I love, the, I love the 1990s throwback hat. It's funny because um, – I was watching that documentary last night about Maguire Sosa thinking, and they don't even mention the fact that, that those teams came in second and third that year. Yeah. To that one. Hey, so I want to talk about, um, you know, you're over there. You, you, you know, are, are in just as dire situation as we are. Um, mm-hmm. All you want is baseball back just as bad mm-hmm. as we do. Um, mm-hmm. But we can't ignore the fact that the Yankees letter thing came out. Those of you who have been under a rock, uh, a judge ordered that the Yankees, uh, basically a letter from MLB about their what about something we don't really know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Yankees have said would do undue damage to their reputations. Be sealed. Overall, man, what is your impression? What do you think's in the letter, and what is your impression about how this has been handled? You know, this this morning, I, I want to say this. I watched the latest John Boy video. I suppose because I like being annoyed by the guy. <laughs> and I was like, right, that's it. I'm going to go and see the man behind the great conspiracy, the man that bust open the Astros, you know, bang, bang theory. Well, I found it was just ridiculous. I, he, he may as well have had a, a broom attached to his leg. There was just sweeping, sweeping, sweeping. And I'll say this. He doesn't know, none of us know. So none of us are the oracle. None of us are playing God here. None of us know. But it's fun to guess. We've all got our theories and whatnot. But one thing's for sure, I believe anyway, I think this is going to be far worse than anything we ever did. Far worse. Or we're dealing with a massive conspiracy involving a lot of hard cash. And that's what I believe. I just think I was told many, many years ago, oh, you can't mess with the blue blood, you know. And I used to think they were on about the, the, the Dodgers, the, you know, bleed blue. And I was like, oh, no, you mean, you know, the, 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 the high and mighty, the, yeah, the, the, the real, you know, like oracle of it all, apparently. Right. And I realized very quickly that anything is possible. I think anything is possible regarding the Yankees. I do. They're untouchable. I don't know what it is. I don't know what uh, they hold over people. But like you say, there's a lot of money involved. There's a lot of conspiracy theories floating around. But without sounding too, you know, tin hat, uh, I think there's something in there that they, they, they clearly don't want to recognise, acknowledge. It's the, the proof is there. Why would you not open a letter? Come on. You know, it's funny, because I, I, I tend to agree. And look, you know, I, I've been on the show talking about, like, you're an Astros fan. You're not allowed to be mad at the Yankees cheated. You can be <laughs> mad. You can be mad at how we were treated for the Astros yeah. cheating by Yankees fans. Yeah. Like, because if there's one thing I can't handle anymore, man, it's hypocrisy. Like, it. you know, I'm not going to talk about, like, somebody asked me if, if, we get a, if we get a season this year, should the World Series have an asterisk? I'm like, no World Series should ever have an asterisk. But, but I'm always of the opinion, if you've got nothing to hide, like, let's remember, the whole reason the Astros got convicted or whatever is our guys talked. They came clean. Yeah. 
they were yeah. honest. Um, if you got nothing to hide, then why, why not just let us read what it says? Simple, simple. That's it, nail on the head. And because of that, you're going to get a lot of conspiracy theories, a lot of theories in general about what this is. I mean, I was just talking to you before we came on here, and we've discussed this so many times, and I've discussed it with fellow Astros fans, and believe it or not, I'm not blind to it either, even though I'm over here. You know, I was reading a book from the 1986 postseason, and it was it was wrote by a, a guy living in uh, New York because obviously the Mets won, and it was so biased even back then. There wasn't even inkling to the recognised talent of our team in '86. Not even a hint. Not even a sportsmanship nod. It was just Astros. And you want to hear the detail on Houston in there? Oh my God! You know there should be riots, or there should have been riots back when that book was wrote because it's just it slates Houston, it slates the Houston police force, it slates everyone that lives there, the team. So I think in general, I don't know what it is. I would love someone to explain it to me. I don't know what it is. I mean, I can explain it. So here, here's, and I, and I, cause I know that you guys have big have football or soccer there and I, I don't know how any of it works. Right. But yeah. so if you think about the three major sports in the States, the, the, the NFL and the NBA, they're all salary capped leagues. And so uh-huh. there really and truly one team has no more financial sway over a league than anywhere else. Major league baseball. There are three teams that pay all the bills and it is the Yankees, the Red Sox and the Dodgers. And so that is why they have no problem throwing a team like ours under the bus because we have relatively fewer fans. I think there's only a million likes on the Astros Facebook page, like compared to 12 million on the Yankees. Um, they are afraid if the Yankees go down mm. that the whole revenue, of the sport goes down because they put them in that self, that position instead of 20 years ago. Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, uh, a good example of that. I've definitely mentioned it on other podcasts before is that the, the brand of the Yankees as well. I mean, I've said it before. I've bumped into people in England, Yankees hat on, expected to talk ball, not a clue. No, <laughs> it's a fashion. It's a fashion statement yeah. half the time. I'm not saying that everyone who wears a Yankees cap uh, uh, are not a fan. It's just that is the type of global branding and global franchise that it truly is. I think if you see a let's say a lesser supported team, the chances are they're probably going to be into that team. You know, if they're wearing a Rockies hat or something like that. You know, it's just going to be more probable that they're going to like baseball and know something about it. It's a brand. So, yeah, of course. Like I say, whatever's in that letter, there's a lot of money behind it. Uh, you know, the cards are going to come tumbling down. I, I'm, I'm hoping it's going to get opened. Let's, let's see it. Let's be as transparent as we've had to be. Let's suffer what we've had to suffer. And let's, you know, get those punishments going. Because if we're going to be punished, which is right, is yep. correct, then why shouldn't other teams be punished for it? We, we all know about the Red Sox. They've got away with a slap on the wrist. You know. Twice. Twice. Yeah. So, hold on a minute. The Yankees have never even faced a vague punishment. Doesn't sit right. Doesn't sit right. Maybe now's the time for it to turn. Because I think what it will do 
is cast doubt upon the sport because I think if you can't even open a letter, then there's something wrong there. There's something wrong. I tend to agree with you. I tend to think if the goal is transparency, if the goal really is to clean up the game, Mm-hmm. then let's clean it up uh, and if not, then don't worry about it but to do this dance with us and, and if you know you go back to jim crane's press conference whenever the punishment was handed down he said we've given information about eight teams that were doing this yeah yeah where has that information come from the the red sox break the rules twice they get nothing they blame it on a poor intern exactly i mean like do they yeah. think we're all stupid yeah Clearly. I mean, this is what is kind of hilarious about it. We've started this conversation with saying, let's not be too, you know, making ourselves sound like the victim. But you can't help it. Because it is victimisation in the sense of you want equality and understanding across the sport. You can't just punish one team and not others or in a similar vein or manner. It doesn't work. Let's, let's clean it up. I totally agree with that. I, I really do. Let's clean it up. But a letter, you, you, you know, to just open a letter would be so simple. It's, all, it's more simple than getting someone to bust open our whole operation as they did. It would yeah. require less effort to just get a knife and go, and let's see what's inside. They don't want to do it. Especially since the Yankees admit that it would cause great organizational embarrassment or whatever the word they used. Well, I mean, you know, he says it all because when this first came out, it's silence. It's absolute silence. The, the, there was a war when that broke out, you know, when the Bang Bangs came out. It yeah. Was done, right? It was war out on, on social media. The Yankees fans, where are they? I mean, genuinely, let's have a conversation. Let's discuss these things. They're nowhere to be seen. So... It's almost like you know, so you can't even support your own team and back your own team up because you know there's something here. Not yeah. What I see, what I see a lot of them doing is, yeah. Well, maybe whatever it is, it still wasn't as bad as what used to. Now we're talking about <laughs> degrees of cheating, and I'm like, well, they just said we use cameras to steal. Well, that's technically that's technically the rule. Banging a trash can is not against the rules. Exactly. I mean, I'm that was that- even back. To, I can't remember the date, but I was reading back to an old Pirates game where they were using bells and whistles. Yeah. There's <laughs> apparently true. a rumor that um, the Athletics, their drummers in the outfield, they've got one that the players <laughs> are going so, like, And I just think – and uh, here's the thing, and, th- and this is what I said from the beginning. I, think just th- I just think it should be legal. Like, why not? Like, change your signs, pitcher, because you saw what happened to the Astros in 17 yeah. when they started changing their signs. Yeah. You don't want that anyway. Hey, so before we get out of here, um, you know – I don't even know where we are right now with having a season. Do you think that we're going to have a season this year? Um, you know, I just don't. I just don't. I, it looked promising at one point. Um, not that I was particularly down for it, but it, it looked promising. Nobody can agree. Nobody can agree. And this, they've destroyed, you know, the minor leagues. The whole situation is just a mess. And then you've got the latest thing with the Yankees and Rob Manfred again. You know, let's just let's just 
start a clean slate, hopefully with a new commissioner next year. <laughs> I hope so. You know, and that's what I wanted to ask you though, Steve, because so you're, you, for you to be a fan, it's a lot of work. You have to sometimes mm-hmm. not sleep. When yeah. you watch the world in a pandemic and every one yeah. of our country is now facing their own racial stuff, right? Like, um, Finn from Star Wars was was it was yeah. doing a protest yeah. about the way blacks were treated in the UK. Like yeah. we're we're in a world ride change, and then we watch yeah. them argue about money. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I, I I'm on social media now purely because I've got my own little podcast out, and I love talking to you all out there. But that's it, because you shouldn't be so self indulgent and so self righteous to be talking about things like that. This world is in dire need of change and unity. That's the key right now. There's so many other things you should be worrying about, and you've got people tittle-tattling over money. That's the hard truth of life, though. Money talks, and it really is the root of all evil all the time. All right, so as we wrap up, man, tell me about your podcast. Where can people find it? Well, uh, Sunday Strokes, basically. If you go to at Sunday Strokes on Twitter, it's on there. If you search up Amper, uh, sorry, Anchor and Apple, it's on there as well. Sunday Strokes. And now on to close it out, the right-hander from Houston, Texas, James Christopher. So as we wrap it up, I do, you know, I want to issue a mea culpa, I think is the phrase. One of the things that I, I didn't realize would happen and has kind of been a bit of a, almost a negative byproduct of doing this show is my penchant, my ability for upsetting Yankee fans. And I really have never set out to do that. Some of the people that I love in my life, all of my life are Yankee fans. Uh, my family, you know, I have a lot of family from like Long Island. I guess I just upset Yankee fan again by thinking like Long Island. I know some of them don't consider that part of New York. I don't even know where to walk anymore. And this is, this is 2020. But I upset some people last time when I pointed out the fact that some of them were behaving like smug hypocrites. And, you know, I don't really understand what happened. Um, I think, you know, I didn't say the Yankees cheated. I, I said it's suspicious that they didn't want a letter unsealed that was apparently about that thing, but it seems to me to be a logical leap. And I didn't say that all Nicky fans were smug hypocrites. So I don't, you know, for, for, for a fan base with 27 rings, they seem some, because again, really good friends that are Yankee fans, you know, and, and I think that I've been pretty open how I felt about the Astros cheating. I just thought that everybody... That, that everybody can be honest about their team and still love their team. I didn't realize that it was supposed to be a cult. And uh, so, yeah, I, I had a, just some weird, not really hate mail because it's 2020, but hate, some hate tweets, um, some, you know, and, and I don't really engage with them. Like if you've got less than 40 followers, I ain't got time for you. But I did want to, to some of the folks who have kind of come at the show and, uh, have, you know, said that we are anti-Yankee, which is which again is not the case. We've we've we have Yankee fans on the show all the time. I have great respect for the New York Yankees. I only hate one baseball team on this planet, and that's the Arlington Rangers, of which I have been very clear about my deep 
seated, just despising of that organization. And then there's a, there's a Yankee fan on Twitter who is claiming that Astros fans have apologized for cheating. And, you know, it's, it's all so messed up and we're not going to know anything until the Yankee letter is revealed. And I don't think it will be. I don't think it'll be released. I think it's proven to be in baseball's best interest that it not come out. But I wanted to apologize to the Yankee fans in specific that were offended by my last show. I apologize. I'm sorry that apparently your ability to listen for comprehension and understand subtlety and nuance and have a, a, an actual discussion about a situation uh, was never ingrained in you as, as a child. I apologize for that wholeheartedly. I'm sorry um, that your ability to read for comprehension in whatever New York public school you attended um, apparently didn't do the job because it does seem like you have a draw, a, a strong inability to only, or a strong ability, I should say, to take what you want or maybe can understand from little bits of writing. Maybe the reason why you only, maybe you only read tweets because it's difficult. I don't know. So I'm, I'm sorry for that. Like, honestly, I would wave my hand tomorrow and fix it. So I, I do, I want to apologize for, you know, if I said things that, that was anything short of bending the knee to the 27 rings, or as I've often said, committed, um, you know, like crucified myself in your front yard for the Astros, um, doing something better than what lots of teams do. I'm sorry um, if if you're if you have if some of you have a, a lack of ability to understand like the space time continuum and that things happened before shocker things will happen after and that it's just a thing that occurred. I'm sorry if that's a complicated thing. Uh, I would suggest Back to the Future if you need a rudimentary um, understanding. There's even in Back to the Future too. They even deal with sports before and in, in the future. So you can understand that things occur. Look, this is tongue in cheek. And um, I don't, you know, I obviously, I don't approach this show uh, like um, the Jim Rome of baseball podcasts. I do this show because I truly love the game and I love people who love the game. But I'm not going to also not talk about things that are are honest and um, and I'm not going to give my best assessment of things. Um, I believe that you can think that more than one, that one thing is the case. And I believe that you can connect things. I can understand that the Astros broke rules in 2017, the beginning of 2018, and that those rules should, they should be punished for those rules. But I can also believe and, and understand and looking at data that say that the breaking of the rule probably actually didn't affect anything of the outcome. Both of those things can be true. Doesn't excuse it, but those both of those things can be true. I can draw conclusions when teams that are way more valuable to the MLB by dollars that they bring in, and when I see that they're not punished or not even publicly embarrassed, but the Astros were. I can watch that and, and, and raise intellectual questions. My biggest, my biggest question is why can't you? Why can't you be honest? Why, why is it that if we admit that our, one of our teams might have made a mistake, 
why, why is that the worst thing in the world? Or that if the conditions of the game, I'll even go one step further. If the conditions in baseball encourage breaking of the rules until they arbitrarily decide that they can't be broken anymore, why can't we acknowledge that's the game? Watch the night, the documentary. We're going to review it next week on the show, but the Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa doc. They don't, they barely mention the steroid thing. Why, why, that's weird, right? Like, why can't we just ask honest questions and have honest discussions? I've been nothing but honest and transparent about the Astros sign stealing. In fact, I keep saying I'm done talking about it, but I get asked to talk about it on Twitter. And I, and and rather than just then to give somebody the middle thing or say, I'm not going to do it anymore. I try to be the bigger person and say, you know what? I'll give a perspective and I'll give my honest assessment and I'll listen to you. And, and I just want to know why can't other people do the same thing? Imagine how much better it would be. I'm a Cowboys fan. I talk about those five Super Bowl rings like they happened yesterday. I'm not going to blame Yankee fan for his 27 rings. I'm not going to. You've got 26 more than the Astros do. And that's super cool. Being the best should be enough. You don't have to be petty and you don't have to completely ignore reality in, in, in the name of saving face for your, your organization. You can be better than that. And again, I, most of the time I get great response for the show. I've got a lot of Yankee fans that, again, that I grew up with, that I went to school with, that I've met only on Twitter. Um, I think before the pitch, some of the best people on Twitter. I think the hitter sports are some of the best, best people on Twitter. And guess what? I don't agree with everything they say. Having my respect, having my friendship, having um, me trying to support people doesn't come with here a list of absolute edicts you can and can't say. The hitter makes a lot of jokes at the Astros' expense. You know what? They're funny. Because I can understand two things as being a reality. They've asked for it. They should get their they should get poked fun at. When your team has strongly suspicion when, when when these events happen though when people strongly suspect the Yankees are doing something and this isn't the first time you can't get super defensive when you've been the one throwing bombs and I'm not accusing anybody uh, of that I would consider a friend of this these are all randos so I guess to the random people thanks for listening can't get offended take it in stride understand um you know again I bring up Jim Crane if, if you want to know why Astros fans feel like scapegoats, if you honestly want to know, Jim Crane, during the press conference, when he went above what MLB did and fired Hinch and Luno, said they turned in information on eight teams and they were assured that there would be investigations. The Yankee letter, broken by the Athletic, how much time did ESPN or MLB or any other, any other news agency outside of the Athletic spend on it? Very little. If you need to find out why people think the Yankees are the cash cow of the MLB and above reproach, just like the Red Sox and the Dodgers, Astros fans feel scapegoated because the Red Sox broke the rules twice. The whole reason it's a rule, because here's what you got to remember too. The Astros behavior was only against the rules from September of 17 on, which means they really only broke the rules and there's a lot of evidence that they didn't use the trash can system in the in the playoffs because people who hate the Astros tried to find evidence and couldn't find that. So they really only broke the rules from the end of September into the beginning of 2018. They broke the rules for exactly the same amount of time as the Red Sox do. If you cheat twice, 
should count more. So if you want to know why the Astros fans feel like scapegoats, that's why. Um, but you know, I didn't, didn't intend to do this. You know, I intended to poke a little fun at the people who apparently are fired up and angry about the show. So there's your apology to the one guy in the Yankees who keeps claiming Astros fans are apologizing to him. I've offered to ask for your address to do this in person. Uh, there's your apology, bro. But, um, you know, that's our show for this week. I'm trying to have a little fun. This is all tongue in cheek. Everybody relax. Trying to keep things, keep things light as we figure out if we're going to have major league baseball. Um, I do hope everybody has a good weekend. Stay safe and stay sane. For my movie fans out there, um, you know, I retired from filmmaking about two years ago and we're releasing a documentary series. It's been a lot of fun looking back at our film career as it's kind of developed. So I'll put some links out, check that out. But until next time again, stay safe, stay sane. Big shout out to Carve. Uh, we went out to Carve yesterday and had a, I had an 18 inch New York strip. See, New York strip. New York Strip. I'm all about New York. <laughs>